0: The news came at 8.30 on Friday night. John Tory was uh, announcing his intention to step aside because he has not yet actually resigned. As a matter of fact, he was back at work on Saturday morning. I have to imagine he was there yesterday. He's probably there today. He's got things he wants to get done and the interim period is going to be a somewhat chaotic and unpredictable affair. But we're joined by Scott Reed on the morning brief and Scott, happy Monday. Um, There was certainly no being ready for that announcement on Friday night.
1: Yeah, I'll say. Uh, It certainly caught me by surprise. I think it caught everyone by surprise. Look, you know, I I, I think it's astonishing and it's awful. Um, It's astonishing because this sort of end was so completely at, at odds with how you might have imagined, uh, the close of John Tory's political career. It's just not, you might've expected this kind of controversy from some other politician. You didn't expect it from him. Uh, and I, and I, by the way, I think that was consequential in terms of his decision. I'll come back to that. Mm -hmm. And I say it's awful because, you know, you and I know John. And, you know, we've worked with him at the radio station. I've worked with him a bit in politics. And, um, and, you know, as much as people like to treat all this as sport, it's, uh, you know, these things are deeply personal, deeply anguishing. I've worked with politicians who left their jobs and watched how hard that is. And I've seen people up close when they're having to deal with very horrible personal circumstances in the public... Blair, I know I'll add all that together and just say this last note. I, I, There's something of a kind of quiet debate as to why did Tory quit and did he have to quit and couldn't he yeah. have soldiered through? My view is some could have, John Tory could not, and I think he recognized that. Um, The nature of the individual was such that he was not going to be able um, to shrug his shoulders and withstand questions about, well, when you went on this trip with this staffer and, you know, the city paid for two hotel rooms, but did she stay in your hotel room that night? And, um, and you know, did you ever uh, sleep together at uh, this residence or that? Re- he just was not going to be able to withstand the indignity and the invasion of privacy that those questions would involve. And he would know that he would have no one but to blame but himself for those questions. You can't sleep with staff. There is a power imbalance. It isn't just that it's an affair. It's that there's a, a public office dimension. And I, I think whereas, you know, you think about, you know, Rob Ford or others might have just shrugged their shoulders and laughed to the cameras and said, get a load of me. I've got somebody 30 years younger than me. That makes me the champ. I think. He was just simply not constituted as an individual and as a politician to withstand those questions and and frankly to, to display the lack of
0: shame that would have been necessary to get through all of that kind of grilling. Yeah, you're right. It's just it's so off-brand for him. I don't see any other outcome. But I know some people are lobbying him to stay on. And, Scott, he has not yet resigned. Um, That's a formality, perhaps. But he may stay on until budget day just to see the budget through and especially to kind of keep down aspects of council who are now going to be very, very restless for control.
1: Yeah, the budget process is so important because the needs of the city so far outstrip our resources, Um, you know, whether it's talking about 24-hour warming centers, whether we're talking about uh, the funds that we invest to try to, uh, you know, attract more uh, business here, whether it's obviously housing, um, there's not going to be any easy answers in this budget process. The force of a recently elected mayor to try to generate consensus, bring together his own political constituency around council, like seat by seat at council, That that's all like, Gone now, so he can stay on, but that galvanizing force is 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 gone, and some of these councillors are going to be running, so there will be some electoral peacocking during the budget debate. None of that's going to help. None of that's going to help the city. None of that's going to
0: help this process. So it's you know it's it's going to be an unfortunate mess. So just sort of, I pulled out some scratch paper and started putting names down of people who have been uh, you know forwarded as possible candidates. Uh, Joe Cressy said no. Gil Penielos. Says he's running. I don't know why anybody is floating Doug Ford. I think he has a job. Mike Layton, Olivia Chow, Michael Thompson, Brad Bradford, Stan Cho, Michael Ford, Adam Vaughn, Josh Matlow. Anything stand out in there?
1: Um, uh, I would add Annabelle to that list uh, in terms of people I've heard may run. Um, and maybe Pinball Clemens, I yeah. think, is being lobbied to run. Um, you know, I think you have to ask yourself, what's the city need? And I think one of the other unfortunate things about John leaving at this time is that it's on a downswing, not an upswing. I think people feel like it's kind of fraying at the edges. I can't move through the city, literally can't get through the streets. TTC feels like it's an unsafe place. Housing's unavailable. So it just feels like it's kind of cracking at the seams in The reason I list all that is I think that there's going to be two kinds of debates. One, who's got the most power in organization and all that, when name recognition and organization is all it takes to win a special election. And the other is going to be, what kind of leadership do we need? I, I kind of lean toward somebody who's, um, not going to be from the far left, not going to be from the angry right, somebody who's in the center. That's my politics. But also, I sort of lean towards somebody that's got more energy, maybe uh, excuse a little younger, um, is willing to, you know, work with other levels of government, but maybe also willing to fight with them if need be. So I think, you know, we'll we'll have to see. I think there's going to be at the end of the day there's going to be good names to choose from there will also be you know a list of candidates that will run that I will just like roll my eyes at you know and that's that's inevitable you're going to get that in a special election because people are thinking hey what the hell it's a lottery if i put my name in i might i might get the biggest job in 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 the uh, in the in the city and and that could happen like before May. So some people would just tumble because they think it's worth taking a crack.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be fascinating because the runway was supposed to be three and a half years. And now all of a sudden, you know, Josh Matlow was certainly, I think, clearing his throat and getting ready to run, but not now. So it'll be interesting to see how this breaks out. Um, it'll be interesting to see a guy like Josh Matlow. Let me just do a, a, a yeah. short take
1: on that guy. He's he, he, you know, he loves to chase a headline and a camera. Um is that guy capable of generating a serious plan for the city? I mean, he's the kind of example of a politician who likes to show up at an envelope opening. Uh, and I'm being really personal, but I, I think these are the kinds of questions we're going to have to ask ourselves when people decide to run. Is you know, are, are they are are they are they up to the challenge of what Toronto is right now? And let's be serious; it is riddled with challenge.
0: Uh, meanwhile, are you starting to worry about unidentified flying objects being shot down over North America?
1: Well, one of the reasons that I'm glad that our, our, our interim mayor is a scientist is that it does appear as though we're <laughs> under attack from extraterrestrials. And I think her astute understanding of uh, how the world's uh, magnetic lines operate may turn out to be ha- happily uh, uh, handy. Look, I think we're... And, you know, yes, there are going to be massive security qu- questions involved and matters of national and, and collective defense in North America. But I think we're being let down right now. I, I, You know, we've had four things shot down, four mysterious objects shot down. And all we know is, well, they don't appear to have had aggressive hostile force. They appear to be passive surveillance. We don't know. Um, I think we need to know what's going on. I think we need to be told more than we have been told um you know people want to know what it means you know like so do, do we assume that this is from a foreign nation uh do we assume this means we're being surveilled are we suddenly shooting these things down because there's more of them and what is the geopolitical significance of that or are we shooting more of them down because we're more alert to the possibility of their existence and we're now looking for something we might not have looked for as carefully prior to the first uh surveillance balloon um are they all surveillance balloons i i think we ought to have answers to those questions because, you know, like whatever's happening appears to be happening with urgency and with startling frequency.
0: Thank you, sir. Good to have you. See ya.